This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. And now we have a treat for sports fans everywhere. It's really important that professional athletes learn what uh, to say and how to deliver their message. We've got a great first half. Make sure you keep the ball doing the work. We're still looking to get it in the wide areas. First of all, it's the correct stadium design, but also the correct pitch construction. And that clash, that rivalry comes together with that traditional white block against that more modern contemporary neon color. All these events live on the program. We'll continue to do our best to cover sport in the way that you like, backed up by our highly professional team. Grandstand starts now on BFM 89.9. Hello there. It is time for another Grandstand. And on this episode of Grandstand, we are looking at sports reporters, but not just normal sports reporters. We're talking about how football, for example, well, in particular, uh, is reported on the internet today. Uh, I have with me the guy who was the main man of 442 Malaysia, uh, VJ Vic. Welcome to the show, VJ. Hi, Ross. Hello, everyone. So, sports reporting, uh, football, you, football reporting on 442. You've been doing it for years. Tell us a little bit about it. Uh, what, what kind of football do you cover? Do you go to matches? That kind of stuff? Well, uh, well, I was with 442 Malaysia, actually. Uh, this was until April. But I'm going back to your question. What we did was uh, we moved away from more news stories to something more featureish because that was what people enjoyed reading. And there's also two types of content. You can look at English content and Barca content. And in terms of content, you look at content which will last you a very long time and content which is only going to be which only has a shelf life of a very short period so, so, so give, give us an example of content that will last is it like a feature on a player that kind of stuff well if I do maybe top 10 uh, imports in Malaysia ever okay. that's a content that could be oh, shared okay. uh, 2 years from now 3 years from now okay. uh, maybe need some updating but if I do perhaps a match report or a player rating or even uh, something that's happening more current that's only going to last a day at most now, um, I've spoken to loads of reporters and all that. Tell us a little bit about how you started. Obviously, when you're in school, you didn't know you were going to report on football. Yeah, that was and pay the bills. That it's way. actually an interesting journey because I did a lot of various things uh, in school and college before coming into journalism. But what happened was uh, after uh, after finishing school, I went and did my law degree. My goodness, Carlil versus Carbolic Smoke Ball. Yeah, that, that was probably one of the first cases we learned <laughs> in the country. Exactly. Yeah, you know your stuff, Ross. <laughs> I did English law, man. Ah. Trust me. Oh. Well, that, it's good. My, the law I studied was English law as well. <laughs> so I did my A-levels. I completed my law degree. And while studying, I was a ghostwriter for someone uh, who was writing for a prominent website in Malaysia, which I obviously can't name. And then... After I graduated, what happened was I saw an advertisement on the newspaper, and mm. I used to read the Malay Mail very often that time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there wasn't there was my favorite vacancy. paper when I was a kid. Yeah, it was mine as well. Yeah. I used to pick it up yeah. every you day. You wait for the guy on the bike to turn yeah. up, right? Okay, well, yeah, different yeah. times there, you and me, but uh, pretty much the same. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely put. All right, so you you got in with Malay Mail. Yeah, I, I spent. Uh, Almost two years in Malay Mail in the sports desk. Uh, that, that's where you learned everything. Yeah, that's where actually I would say I learned almost everything uh, in Malay Mail. Uh, it was the perfect testing ground. I would say I don't think uh, my career would have progressed as it did if I did not start at the Malay Mail then. This was back in 2010. Yeah. And then from Malay Mail, I went to Sports 247. 
which was a new website looking to set up uh, basically a sports portal looking to, looking yep, to be yep. Malaysia's number one sports portal and I think we did it to some extent before yes. the entire project uh, took a different direction yep. so there what we had was we had uh, two editors and we had six reporters we covered basically everything and we broke the news uh, we were there we were the first to break the news we were the first to cover almost everything because we had the manpower and we had uh, resources as well we had six writers which was quite a lot for an uh, online portal at that mm. time. Mm. Okay, so at, at your height, when you're reporting on, say, Malaysian football, how many games a week did you used to attend? Well, I've attended as many as five or six matches a week. Do you and know how many you've seen altogether, you reckon? Uh, well, I, I put it over 500. For sure, in, in the national team <laughs> yeah. and uh, yeah. local matches. Yeah. This, this goes back from 2010, to, uh, sorry, 2011 actually, because it was only then I started covering football. Plenty of matches. Uh, I, I I can't give you an exact number, <laughs> but at most I've covered maybe two games in a day. I've done two games in a day. But wait, okay, so you started at Malay Mail. It must have been a joy, right? Obviously, you like football, and 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 to to get paid to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it was very it was enjoyable because uh, I like sports. I all growing up, I always started reading. The back pages first. Same here Same and, here uh, back my, to my, front. my dad used to say this My son reads The positive news First <laughs> because That's where you get All the factual stuff uh, or, or other things Which are not uh, Well Things that Are not propaganda ah, d- Different uh, parenting not propaganda And all that Different parenting I used to get hit on my head go, the, the, uh, Start from the front uh, uh, well, <laughs> My dad's a big Football fan as well uh, uh, He probably watches More matches than me uh, More foreign matches Than me at times uh, Did you ever consider Playing I did. I, I would have loved to play, but I don't think I'm good enough. And uh, growing up, you had uh, there was a period of time where parents discouraged children from Tell playing, me about it, playing football, and they didn't discourage me from playing with my friends. But uh, as a career, it was never put. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. I don't think it was ever an option that I could have considered at that time. And you have to be good at a certain level. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Hence, you unfortunately, you, I wasn't. Yeah, hence you studied things that are not really relevant to what you're doing now as well, right? I mean. That's the whole. Well, I won't say it's relevant. I won't say it's not relevant. I, I think my law degree has put me up in a very good platform uh, today because it gives me a lot of. Uh, I have a lot of thought-provoking uh, comments. Brilliant! And, uh, oh, we we know about yeah. that. We're, we're going to come into that. We, we look into stuff, and the law degree makes you think and read and uh, look into stuff in more detail. So, in that aspect, I think it, it has helped me a lot. So, apart from um, reporting and and writing features and all that. We see you a lot on Malaysian terrestrial TV, especially covering uh, Malaysian football. Yeah, that was something new that I started last year. Yeah. Um, approached by Media Prima to do uh, punditry and commentary, uh, co-commentary actually, for local Malaysian uh, local games. And it was it was initially tough because uh, I had to get used to from not being in front of the camera to getting being in front of the camera and then looking at the camera. But you, you have no problem with doing in VM, right? Well, uh, there were initial stages because <laughs> what happened was a few years ago when I first started doing uh, when I first started appearing as guest mm-hmm. on uh, local shows, I used to speak forty percent English and sixty percent sorry forty percent uh, Bahasa and sixty percent English. Things have gradually moved And today I think I, I, I dare say that I speak Maybe 85 to 90% Bahasa Nine. Nice Another 10% uh, English <laughs> So um, You enjoy Malaysian football? Yeah I Covering enjoy it. it's, it's fun It's football uh, The quality is not as What you'd expect From European leagues but, Well uh, yeah I mean, I mean that, that's, that's, that's pie in the sky But Where we are right now though 170 Our national team In, in yeah. the FIFA ranking 
That's not good enough for people like you and me who, who love the game. In fact, it's country. Yeah, it's not good enough because we know we can be better. Uh, we know if there is a concerted effort, if things are done in a certain manner and if uh, there needs to be more changes that takes place. And it's not something that would be done overnight. But looking at the ranking, 170 is not where we want to be. Uh, the first step would, of course, be qualifying for the Asian Cup. Yep. And yep, yep. Uh, well, before that, you've got to win matches. Well, well, this is it. I mean, it, it's no secret. To, to have a successful national side, you, you need a thriving domestic league. Um, we're getting there. We're, we're slowly refurbishing, rebranding everything. How far do you think we're away from having a... I mean, at the moment, our local league, it's JDT plus others, right? Yeah, it's JDT plus others because everyone else is just not good enough. They don't manage their funds well. They're not very consistent. Well, if you look at JDT, yes, they've got the resources. But it's more than just the resources. It's what you do with the resources. Exactly. So how can we encourage others to follow suit? Well, there needs to be some self-realization as well from teams. They need to realize that, look, yeah, it's not just about one season, moving from one season to another season. It's about moving and building a long-term plan, which we don't see from most teams. If a club has 25 million budget, that's just for next season. And then they sign players on two or three years contract and mm. they don't have any finances. That it's no real long-term year. planning, right? Yeah, there's, there's no long-term planning. And most of the budget is spent at the top for the top flight league. Not the uh, not the facilities, not not even the pitch. Not developing youth. <laughs> well, they are they are, but not at the level that we want it to be, and it's simply not good enough yet. So, do you reckon we we can get that way? Do you, I mean, for example, I don't know. I'm throwing this out there. Say say we said, all right, five million ringgit next year if you win the MSL. Wouldn't you suddenly get clubs going? Oh, hang on. This is now a serious business And then you start to run things properly Do you know what I mean? Well, not really Because what, what, what they're going to do Is they're going to focus And put all their eggs in, in one basket For that one season it, it, That money tree uh, price mm. That price money mm. For the league title It's always there Whether it's 1 million Whether it's 10 million If it's 10 million you, The only thing, the only thing I, I see happening Is clubs are going to be fucking Spending out more but, but, I mean, the, the, the knockdown effect of that, say, say it's 10 million to win the league, club clubs uh, will start to get more professional and then you're going to get more people taking up the sport for starters because your, your average pay then is going to be off the scale. Your average player could be trousering, what, 20, 30,000 a month or something? Well, the average player is already taking that home that much. That, and, I mean, uh, no. We are one of the highest paying leagues in Southeast Asia and that's not right. Uh, that, and, and not a lot of people know that, actually. And that's yeah. probably why not a lot of people are into it. They get forced into banking and <laughs> yeah, retail. Exactly. So today you see more people looking at the, uh, at the figures that players are taking home and you go like, wow. Uh, it's not something healthy because it doesn't justify the standards. Uh, we're not playing at that level yet. A lot of criticism have been aimed at JDT for, for, this, uh, for this inflation of uh, mm. salaries. But... Mm. Yes, they came in, the, the salary scales went higher for the club because they had the resources. But why did every other club follow? Because JDT can only sign a maximum of 30 players yeah. a season at, at that time. So if other clubs have got to match that amount, are they saying that those are the only 30 players they need? Because if JDT wants a player, they will get a player. They've got the resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are other clubs following that same footstep?
And, and, and players would easily would, would well get, get signed. That'll be their first choice if if they heard the JDT was coming. Yeah, exactly. In for them. Any yeah. player, you, you're yeah. not going to be able to match. So why are you paying other players mm. similar amounts when huh. you don't afford it? All right. Well, we've got a long way to go uh, in in Malaysian football. That much is clear. Also, a long way to go uh, on this program. Uh, first break. When we come back, we're gonna. Find out more about VJ in hot water. <laughs> Stay tuned. More grandstand coming right up on BFM 89.9. Love A view of sports from every angle. This is Grandstand. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, this week's Grandstand looks at sports reporting. DJ Vic, who's been working a lot for 442 until very recently, uh, is our guest. And, um, all right, you, you, I, I, you write a lot of stories on local football. I know that. Um, yeah. you, you covered it for 442 very well as well, because I, I use your, a lot of your articles for points of reference. I'm sure a lot of people do. Glad to know that, Ross. <laughs> but you, you got yourself in a little bit of hot water, didn't you? I understand you, you copped yourself a stadium ban. <laughs> Well, actually, my my accreditation got revoked, and uh, actually, my accreditation got revoked. And uh, what had happened was this happened somewhere in April. It came as a surprise. It was because of some things I had allegedly said on social media, mm. which uh, later I felt it was just a mis uh, well, basically a misunderstanding in terms of uh, what I was hitting at and what uh, the organisers felt. Mm. They they threw in a. a a letter saying that uh, my accreditation was revoked and said that I had tarnished the reputation of the league which till today I would say I had not tarnished the reputation of the league you are the first guy to tweet about local football and I, I remember um, this was all the run up to Malaysia playing in a tournament no it's actually about the feeder club uh, regulations in uh, Malaysia ah, okay, uh, okay. the, ba- uh, the uh, letter came from you're right to talk elite. about this you're not going to get in trouble right no one's going to shoot you down or anything well I believe that I have uh, <laughs> explained myself to the chairman of the Malaysian Football League is it resolved now I believe it's resolved but I've still not received anything in black and white uh, but those things may come about because I presented uh, my view on things and uh, that view was accepted to some extent and uh, I believe that things can move on from here. Mm. It's officially, I'm still waiting for a letter, though. Are you going to get your tag back? Well, I, technically, <laughs> I still have it at home. <laughs> you were supposed to hand it in on the Thursday. What's wrong with you, man? Um, well, it's not Thursday, right? <laughs> okay, um, brilliant. Um, all right, uh, getting yourself in hot water. Did that wake you up a little bit? I mean, you, you, you're self-employed. At the end of the day, you, you, you're not really covered by, by a, a big conglomerate, a company or anything yeah. like that. You, you're like me. I mean, we, we work where, yeah. where the work is. And did you, did you feel a little alone when, when a big corporation is bearing down on you? Not really, because uh, I sort of liked how uh, social media responded. Uh, I had people out there coming out and saying, uh, this is not right. Um, I understand there was a boycott been... going on, everything. Eh? Well, what? not really a boycott. It was more of just words for, for the boycott. But uh, seeing seeing words like solidarity with you, mm-hmm. uh, seeing words like this shouldn't be happening and all that was encouraging. And things look good uh, in terms of myself. I don't think, I, I still don't think I said anything really tarnishing. And uh, in terms of it providing a wake-up call, it did to some extent. But 
at the same time, uh, you could still say things and just cover your grounds, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. that's where my law degree can come in. Yeah, I was just going to say yeah. that. That's where. That's where. Yeah, Carlos was cabal smoke ball. You bring that in. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, brilliant. So okay, bit of a wake up call. Uh, but you you moved on. Um, yeah. Now, how do you spend your time these days? Well, these days uh, I've actually been uh, on gardening leave for, for a few, uh, two months actually, almost two months. Because 442's just finished up. Yeah, uh, what happened was there was a change in ownership and then uh, there was a new uh, new company buying all the license in Southeast Asia and uh, I've heard that, uh, or rather I understand that they're in the midst of setting up a team here. So let's uh, let's see how that goes uh, and uh, I could be back again. We'll see how it goes uh, as time goes. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, you, 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 this is the sort of industry you want to be in, you see yourself in. and But you, it's not something you can go to college and, and, and set yourself up for, is it? Yeah, it's not. Uh, Certainly not I, in our day anyway. Now there may be courses. Well, there are courses for journalism. Uh, there are mass communication courses. Uh, well, there are mass, com- mass com courses and uh, journalism certificates out there as well. But in terms of uh, doing football writing, I think a lot of it comes with passion and how much you love the sport, how much uh, how much you you learn from it and gain from it, and how much you're actually on the ground. Because a lot of people can talk football. Mm-hmm. It's whether you're on the ground, hearing and talking to coaches, talking to players. That's when you know what's actually happening. And I've actually improved a lot of my knowledge talking to coaches. Uh, some coaches uh, I've sat down for hours, talking uh, at times even tactical things and players about. Uh, players and even officials talking mm-hmm. about why they reached a decision in a certain way. It, it helps a lot compared to just going out there without without having all this and just yep, writing yep. something because then you, there's a higher chance of writing something that does not make sense. Absolutely, or absolutely. It's not very deep enough. It's yep, not yep. Have a lot of meat. Yeah. Okay. Um, and apart from that, I, I know you also read a lot of content that's online. Um, tell us some of your favorite people, if you like, or, or websites. Uh, that that are that write very well in about football and sport that you like. Well, I actually would say four four two because I really enjoyed how they carried their stories. Uh, it's not a news website. Well, I grew up buying the four four two every uh, every month. I think it was right. It was, it was a bit. It, yeah. it, was, it was a monthly. It was yeah, quite it's a monthly glossy. edition. Yeah, because I shoot. I had match weekly, and then four four two. Four four two was like a big. Glossy. Yeah, and then you've got World Soccer as well, oh, uh, which is another goodness. very yeah. big uh, magazine. I, I think uh, the magazines that you mentioned and World Soccer, I put them in the same bracket as one of the best, some of the best footballing magazines in the world. Agree, agree. Um, and, and that's lost these days on on kids, right? I mean. Physically, they don't get to see all these. Now it's all online. You, you get to see HD, wonderful pictures, but it's all online. You can click and save the picture, save it. As a lot of things have changed yeah. uh, over the years. No, uh, not for if, the better either. If you look at a, if you look at even news, newspapers don't sell as much as they used to sell many years ago, or, or even three, four years ago. Everyone's moving to a digital aspect, and some have even tried with an e-paper or an e-magazine, and that has not worked. Mm. What works today is. People looking, uh, readers looking at a link on Facebook or on Twitter, which Facebook actually is the biggest drive uh, for readers. And yeah, yeah, yeah. No one, no one goes to the websites like what we used to do maybe 10, 15 years ago. I, I remember a time where I used to check Soccernet uh, and ESPN yeah. every single yeah. day. Yeah. And without fail, you're, you're logging in and clicking to the website. Today, that doesn't happen. Today, it's more of I'm, I'm looking for uh, I see I see my Facebook timeline mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I go on the club's Facebook page or uh, the news organization's Facebook page and then I click on that so people look at the links so that's why magazines today don't sell so does that make 
a reporter's job a little more difficult today because you've got all your happy-go-lucky show public guys who think they can do it as well by copying a link here and pasting that there. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's where you've got to come up with original content. You've got to speak. And when I mentioned this earlier, when you speak to coaches, when you speak to players, that's your original content. That it's in a way an exclusive story, but I, I wouldn't really put that as a or sell that as an exclusive unless it's really very breaking. But any story that you speak to a coach, it's technically an exclusive as long you mm-hmm. you're not mm-hmm. speaking to him. So that's where it comes in, and that's what differentiates between the reporters and sports journalists out there. And there's even a difference between reporters and sports journalists. Some yeah. some yeah. merely yeah. report. And well, journalists look beyond just reporting. Uh, they think of interactive pieces and uh, types of content that you would regularly see on websites like Four Four Two. Yeah. Well, I I, I love the uh, Guardian Football website. I love all the writers on there. Barney Rone um, often uh, compares football to to periods in, in time. Like he'll he'll link it to a song. That was number one in the UK yeah. for, and and I can actually totally click with that. I, I love Sid Lowe and and the fact that you know all, all these yeah. guys, they're, they're characters, aren't they? Um, all right. If you had one thing that someone said, all right, cover that for me, uh, no expense, go on, knock yourself out. What would it be? No expense, cover something up. Yeah, c- cover cover a story or an event for me. On the website now Where would you go What event would it be Well it's obviously The World Cup But there can't be Anything bigger than that At the moment It's not just The tournament in football It is the biggest It is the biggest competition In the world You're going to the final Aren't you Actually if, if this comes out After the final Yeah he went to the final But um, we're recording this Actually uh, Whilst the knockout games Are being played But um, you're going to the final Right Yeah I'm going for the final I'm leaving on the 12th And uh, back uh, I'll be there on for a week I'm really looking forward to it It was something unexpected I'm glad and uh, quite honoured That I have the chance to go to now And I really feel lucky Because I actually won a contest Now wait, wait, when you when you go to things like that I mean this one is, is pure pleasure You won a contest You're going to Russia You're going to watch the World Cup final You go there with your reporter hat also on Sniffing things Well the reporter hat can never turn off It, it has to always be there you, Anywhere you go you, You've got There's always a story even me sitting here with you, Ross, there is a story that could be told. Mm. Um, going out to Russia, the stories that I can think right now, it's basically more of the feel-good factors, the environment, the people. Football doesn't just need to be stories about what happens in the 90 minutes. Yeah. It can be the scenes outside, yeah, yeah. how the player reacts. Yeah. Uh, if, the, For example, yesterday, Messi and the Argentinian team uh, lying down on the ground, and that's even that's a story yeah, of yeah, yeah. how the Argentinian fans are. If I have an Argentinian fan beside me, I could easily just speak to him or even these days with the, with mobile phones you could record a video and post that up yeah there are a lot of things that can be done brilliant um, okay uh, we're, we're off for another very short break when we come back then we're gonna look at the personal side of VJ Vic what does he like uh, what turns the man on Ooh. I can't believe I just said that stay tuned <laughs> This is Grandstand on BFM 89.9. Sit back, talk sports and play ball. This is Grandstand. And we're back, back talking to VJ Vic. This week's Grandstand um, pays a, a bit more attention to sports reporting. Now, VJ's come from the 
old school world of uh, newspapers, i.e. physical pieces of paper that you... Well, I was going to say you and I. That's not very common today. No, no. That I and VJ used to read when we were young. Now, okay, tell me what's the main difference between, say, working for the Malay Mail and 442? Well, in the Malay Mail, it was a newspaper whereby you report daily news and what's happening on a daily basis. And uh, it's more of uh, the clock never stops. You, you work. You don't know what time. You don't know what time you finish work. But there, there's a timeline. There's always a, a, a deadline you have to beat, right? Yeah, there's a deadline you have to beat. But even after the deadline passes, if there's something really breaking, you still have got work to do. Okay. What I want to know, uh, interestingly, so you, you have to beat a deadline. Um, you've got half a story written. Yeah. How do you finish it off? Do you make the rest up or what? Well, you just write it up as fast as you can. <laughs> and uh, if, if you can't meet the deadline, then you did not manage your time properly because generally you will have time to meet your deadline. Mm. There is a rush. Mm. There's usually a mad rush in the office just before the deadline. Uh, it's actually a few hours before the deadline because we've got to send stories in and then the editors look at it and then you've got another layer of editors looking at it and then it goes and, and, and for designing and all that. And in those days, there was less... Online um, content for you to find. You actually physically had to go out. Yeah, we had to go out a lot. Uh, down the streets and pavements and stuff like that. Well, yeah, we've even had to go out and speak to people on the streets uh, for stories. Uh, I still remember one story I did uh, the KL City Race in Kuala Lumpur. We went on, uh, a colleague and I went on the streets and got lots of uh, comments from people talking about. Talking, uh, asking them whether they knew the event was going to take place and all that. So you do a lot of things. You meet a lot of people. That's one thing I actually miss. Uh, you have a work, uh, frankly, uh, you have a better work environment at a newspaper compared to an online setup because a lot of online setups today don't have a working space. So you, you're literally mostly working from home. Everybody is working from home in different yeah, countries. Yeah, everyone's working from wherever they are. Do you all meet and, and chat online and stuff like that? Well, we chat online a lot. Uh, <laughs> let's let's put it this way uh, in terms of meeting. Uh, I was with 442 Malaysia for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. I only stepped into the office twice in Singapore. My entire process of uh, interviews and contract negotiations and all were done via email. Wow. Uh, we had a Skype call just after I accepted the offer and uh, we proceeded. And from then on, it has been uh, Google Chat, WhatsApp, uh, Facebook, you, you name the platform and you've probably used it. Uh. Brilliant. So, what 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 are what are your immediate plans? Uh, anything you you want to set up? You you mentioned that there might be a new thing, uh, sports football website being set up here. Well, ideally, my plan uh, would be to set up a team and uh, to run a football content website in Malaysia. I, I believe with uh, the right with the right experience, with the right people. You could build a football brand, uh, a football content website that's only for Malaysian football that's going to be good. There is another website already there, mm. which I think are doing a decent job in terms of numbers, which is mm. Simonia Bola. Yeah. Uh, their main advantage is their content is in Barca. There's a difference between English content and Barca content today because the local football following, mm. it's majority the Barca content guys. Yeah. Whereas the English following uh, follows a lot of the foreign spots, but they don't click on those stories to read because they get those stories from other websites, from yep. writers who are writing exactly. in U- in UK, Spain, or wherever not. Well, I, 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 yeah, it's terrible for me because Google Translate does nothing on those articles. Yeah, it, it doesn't help me I, as well. Yeah, I, I, I have to use it at times, <laughs> but uh, it's not really of well, it is of some help, but you tend to get confused and a lot of things get lost in translation. All right, so. 
let's find out a little bit about VJ uh, outside work then. Don't, don't, I mean, obviously, I know you spend a lot of your time watching sports. Uh, you must have another, uh, another half. Uh, how does she put up with all this? Well, she, well, <laughs> thankfully, she's a football fan. <laughs> I, I have to say this. She's watched more matches this World Cup than me. Brilliant. Because I, I missed maybe five, six matches. And she, if I'm not mistaken, she only missed three matches. Wow. wow. Uh, up to the up to the quarterfinals. So that's a good thing. Uh, and, and she does say this. Uh, your life's 90% football and 10% everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, she doesn't have a problem with it. And uh, things are good. Now, I, I understand you also are a dab hand in the kitchen. You, you, you like your Yeah, your I enjoy cooking, cooking. Yeah uh, I, I, I see, love cooking I see some of your posts and, and wow, I mean They look quite professional The way you plate it all And I'm thinking mm, You know um, Well, some turn out Some turn out looking good Some does, some turn out not looking good But uh, I dare say this Everything turns out Everything tastes good uh, we, we need to get your girlfriend here To verify that one <laughs> Well, you can get anyone Who's tried the mashed potatoes That I've cooked with Loaded with lots of bacon And mm, mm, Okay uh, I have not had a single complaint about it I, I believe you I believe you a- Any thoughts of pursuing That part of Your Your life Well I think uh, I don't have plans We're not uh, going to see uh, Bistro VJ anyway No, I, I, no that's, that's not going to happen uh, I enjoy cooking uh, But it's not something I can do on a regular basis I, I think I'll get bored of it If I do it every day mm. um, I can do it Three, four times a week uh, Cook meals at home That's what we do actually mm-hmm. And uh, It's good I enjoy eating what I cook. Brilliant. That's, that's a good thing. And apart from that, you, you, you're active. You, you play a lot of football as well, right? Yeah, I play a lot of football these days. Uh, frankly, I actually stopped playing football for about four or five years. Mm. And this was because uh, when I was at Malay Mail, uh, a lot of timings clashed. We were, when we work at the newspaper, we work from, uh, especially in the sports desk, yeah. we work somewhere in the afternoon until yeah. at night. And yeah. that's when a lot of my friends were playing football. So I had to pull out from a few teams and... I play all, all social teams, of course. Mm. And then uh, when I rejoined 442, mm. uh, sorry, when I joined 442, I had more time at hand. Uh, mm. Or rather, I could. I wouldn't say I had more time at hand. It's more of I could manage my time better because I did not have a deadline every day at 10 p.m. or, yeah, or yeah, 10 30. Yeah. So that allowed me to start playing again. And today I play, I would say, a lot of football. Uh, maybe in the last one month, I've played maybe seven, eight matches. Wow! That's almost professional. You get paid for that. Yeah, and, and now I understand how they can't cope with it. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, and now I can understand coaches saying that, you know, my players played three matches in five days and oh, all that. And uh, it's yeah. really taxing. For, for me, that's an age ago. My, my knee's gone. My knee's knacked. All right, so where does VJ Vic see himself in five years' time? What would you be doing? Oh, I, I, frankly, I can't. It would be hard to see what I'm doing in two and a half, two years, three years, five would you, years. Well, okay, would, time, you, would, hey, hey, would you be married? Would you have kids in five years? Right? I don't know. Possibly, maybe, maybe not. Uh, it's, <laughs> you put me in a tough spot there, Ross. No, but I mean, would you, would you want to live abroad? Well, I'm actually, I actually love this country and uh, I, I don't see a reason why I should move, move or live abroad. If there is a work opportunity in any one of this, uh, in, in anywhere abroad, then I would take it if it pushes my career to the next step. But otherwise, uh, I'm happy living here in Malaysia. And there, there are a lot of opportunities even in football here. You look at you look at uh, local leagues. The winner of the winner of the Malaysia Super League plays in the Champions League next year for the first time, and it looks like it's going to be JDT again. They're just one win away, and that 
is sort of an expansion to Malaysia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, it, it's right that JDT should represent us in, in yeah. the. But I mean, we're still a long way. Though you look at some of the clubs. Oh yeah, it, we are a long way. I frankly don't think JDT are going to win uh, more than one or two matches, or, mm. or even they'll be lucky to even get one or two matches. The trick is to keep getting in, and, and yeah, and because if they, do, their first step is to get to that level, yeah, and yeah. now that they've qualified. Uh, they are they are going to be in the group stages. I don't see them bottling the Malaysia Super League with five matches, uh, four matches left, and uh, they've got a very healthy lead. So next season, it's the first time they're playing in the Champions League. It's going to be very tough, but they're there. Yeah, that's something that should really matter, and that's a goal of the club for a very long time. Do you reckon Malaysia supports JDT when they play in the Champions League? Well, I don't think. Rest of the Mal- uh, Malaysia would be supporting JDT, frankly, because I uh, would. success. Yeah, we would because we, we yes. are within that football circle. Yeah, we, true. We want to see Malaysia football grow. First. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of personal sentiments involved. Uh, a lot of state sentiments. That's what I mean. I, I, I JDT are. I can't see Epo fans go, yeah, JDT. Yeah. Now, now I throw back the question: If Liverpool get to the uh, to the final, would you be supporting them? Um, yeah, it depends on which final, VJ. <laughs> yeah, I well, know. if it's the playoff final, then maybe yes. But the no, Champions League final. No, you, you and me went from Madrid. You know that. Yeah. So, uh, on that same sense, I don't think Malaysian fans are going to be fully backing JDT yeah, in the club yeah. because that's not their club. Yeah. But agree. Johor have fans on their own, which they've got enough numbers to fill up the stadium. Yeah. No. Wish them well. I really hope it. It's it, more it, of success brings hatred. Yeah. To some extent. True. True. All right. Um. Let's leave off with this one. Uh, apart from Malaysian football, which I know is very close to your heart, what would you say is uh, another... Uh, actually, I, I know the answer to this. You're going to say English football. You're going to say Manchester United and yeah. all that, right? But, okay, I'm going to change the question a little bit. What other sport, uh, other sport apart from football that's close to your heart? Well, I've had a lot of other sports that have gone in and out of my heart. Uh, badminton's one of it. Hockey is one of it. Uh, while reporting, I covered hockey uh, extensively for a few years. Formula One's one of it. Yeah, uh, it's always been in and out. Uh, I played basketball in school. I played tennis in school. But I would say football has been the only thing that has stuck with me uh, in and out. And uh, I, I put futsal in the same category as football because yep. it's technically the same type of sport. It, it is under it the is. same umbrella. I mean. It's as taxing. Trust me. Trust me. Well, it's more taxing than f- the football. Actually, yeah, it's harder on the knees, especially on 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 the grounds that you yeah. play on. So you uh, don't play that? No, not anymore. <laughs> I, I don't think I've played for about two months now. Um, my, my my left knee is completely. Anyway, let's leave off with this one. Young kids, I guess these days, kids actually grow up and go. You know what? I wouldn't mind being a football reporter. What kind of advice can you give? Uh, people who want to get into sports reporting and st- stuff like that. What kind of grounding should they have, do you think? Well, they can come and start with any background. It doesn't matter. Uh, they could have a degree, they could not have a degree. Uh, preferably, they could speak English and Barca well. Uh, or even only Barca because English, not, mm. not, English is not really very popular among the football scene. Because it's very Barca orientated uh, You've got officials who speak very good English uh, yeah. You've got some players who speak very good English But yeah. generally uh, Barca gets better content bet, uh, Better comments and all that Back to your question Reporters need to be willing to learn They need to be willing to go that extra mile And get stories And not get offended by, by 
every single thing by a knockback, by a kickback. Um, yeah, yeah you, you, you're gonna be, you're gonna get told off at times. Yeah. Not everyone's gonna like what you write. Uh, you've got to stand by what you write. Uh, at times, you will make mistakes in what you write, but. You've got to just keep writing and keep learning. The have, learning never stops, frankly. Have you seen? Today, I'm still learning. Have you seen many people fall along the wayside? Just like, just go crack up and go. Oh, this is not for me. No, forget it. Yeah, while working at the newspaper, we saw a lot of. Uh, I bet. I bet. We saw a lot of uh, fresh grads coming in, and some of them were mass, mass communication, mass communication students, and. I actually wonder if they actually learned communication. Well, this is it. By the time they left, it was no communication. So it, it's a lot of learning. You, you had people coming in and saying, "Oh, I only work. I only want to work office hours. I can't work on Saturdays. I can't work on Sundays." You work twenty four seven. I've worked three weeks in a row. So we're, we're looking at work ethic. We're looking at ability to always want to learn, and above all, passion. Yeah, passion keeps you going. Uh, if you don't have the passion in what you're doing. Sports reporting or anything, actually, you're not going to keep going and you're not going to enjoy it unless yep. you're just looking at the paycheck and being happy with it. Yep, and then it all turns out average otherwise. Yeah, exactly. And we don't want that. Brilliant stuff. I've totally enjoyed talking to you, VJ. You enjoy talking to us? Oh, yes, always, Ross. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, thanks a lot for listening. Thank you, VJ. My pleasure, Ross. Thank uh, you, everyone. We'll, we'll, we'll hear a lot more, VJ, when the new season starts up. Uh, August the 10th, we're, we're back on. On air on Thank Friday, it's football for now. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Bye bye. Tune in next week for more Grandstand on BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, the business station.